Hi, Nina. Hey, Max. What time is it? It's coaching time. Let's do it. Hey, Nina. How are you today? I'm great, Max. How are you? I'm doing really well and I'm really excited for today's episode because... Um, to be honest, not only our listeners will get to know you a little bit better, I feel like I'm also going to get to know you a little bit better because I've prepared some very interesting questions, at least I hope they are. Um, so yeah, should we just go straight into it? Yes, let's do it. So maybe before we start off with any of the deeper questions, I think even for our listeners, especially as you are a coach, tell us a little bit more about what is actually coaching and what do people need to know about coaching? Yeah, that's a very good one. Um, I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why we called our whole podcast generation coaching. Absolutely, absolutely. I think um, just to get into the main description of what is coaching, I think it's very important to point out that coaching is a form of development in which an experienced person, let's say, called coach supports someone to achieve certain goals, um, can be professional, can be personal, um, by using different tools, asking the right questions, and then kind of based on the answer, move that into action points in order to achieve certain goals. I think that's the main part of explaining coaching in a in a more easy I mean, way. to a certain degree, coaching in life can be very similar to coaching in football or coaching in fitness, right? Absolutely. It's someone who keeps you or holds you accountable um, and helps you make takes take action. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the second question you asked me was about what kind of different types of coaching is out there or... No, I didn't ask that. But let's go there. <laughs> what kind of coaching is out there? Because I think that's super interesting. Because if we, if we talk about what is coaching, um, it's a very broad topic. But maybe we can dive a little bit into the different types of coaching that, that exist. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me personally, maybe I start there. I, I'm more into like life coaching, personal coaching, personal development yeah but as you said you can have a tennis coach you can have a nutrition coach a personal trainer depending on you know how you kind of name yourself frame it or um, also as a let's call it a patient or a, a client what the what part of your life you are trying to improve right absolutely so if you are trying to improve your career you're probably not going to go to the gym if you're trying to improve your football you're probably not going to go to a life coach so um I guess it really depends on what area in, in your life you are working on. Yes. Um, but also to touch, uh, to touch on that, I mean, sometimes you have uh, or you work with people and they need help in different areas. So you could even as a coach combine different things together, mm. right? So let's say you work with someone um, more related to personal topics. Once they achieve certain goals, you try to maintain it and then they, you move with this client into like something that is more business related. So I think that's also where life coaching, for example, is quite a broad naming for coaching. Um, and this is where it's 
important to kind of go more into certain niches to understand how or who can you work with basically yeah do you think like a lot of the that was one of my thoughts that just came up when you said that um do you think like a lot of the sort of different types of coaching coaching are interlinked and what i mean by that is someone who is trying to let's say on an entrepreneurial side grow a business be very proactive be very sort of determined don't you think there is a link to also health coaching nutrition for example yeah definitely there is um, a connection and i think that's also the beauty of coaching as you can connect everything together because in order to build your own business you need to have the right mindset you need to have a certain health condition in order to have energy in the morning to exactly. wake up and you know start with i don't know motivation into your day um and then once you have once you get like the mindset the health area right then you basically take it further and you go more into like the strategy of your business how you can maintain your business what is the, how can you achieve the, the main goal of your business like those kind of more management business parts so i think it's all connected it's more like where do you think you need to have someone who provides you more accountability in order to achieve your goal yeah 100 especially what you also said with the sort of right mindset um, i'm always amazed by the fact when i work out in the morning how much more energy i have during the entire day which kind of i guess to a certain degree is first counterintuitive because you think you're exhausting yourself in the morning but actually you're kind of charging your batteries for the day i there's there's obviously i'm not a doctor but there's chemical reactions when you're working out that that create that sort of yeah. positive energy for the rest of the day so yeah i think it's definitely a case where a lot of those fields are very interlinked um Unless you have anything to add to this, I kind of thought about my next question. Um, because quite frankly, I first didn't really understand the difference. Um, but maybe you can you can shine some light on this too for, for me and for the listeners. What's the, for you, main difference between coaching and therapy? Because they're two things that are very often used in the same way or in the same conversation. But I think there is a quite, quite a di big difference. Yeah. So when we speak about therapy, that's more, let's say, related to your past, traumatas you had, things that you experienced um, during your childhood or in your childhood. Um, also, when, you, when it comes to certain triggers you have, that's all more identified during therapy. Yeah. Whereas coaching, um, as I said, is more about, you know, Uh, more about the present and the future so where do you see yourself in like 10 years 20 years how do you want to you know build your life do you want to change something in your life and I think for coaching um, it's very important to say that you don't necessarily need to have a problem so you know a client doesn't come to a coach only because they have a problem it can be also it's basically excluded from problems as well it's basically a goal that you want to achieve let's say i don't know you want to be a superstar tomorrow how can you achieve that which i know you want to be <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i think that's the main difference so as i said therapy is more about the past traumatas and then therapy uh, and coaching is more about the present the future yeah. and it's great to actually 
do both at the same time i was just gonna ask that because i think like sometimes oh there's a question actually do you sometimes think coaching can be or people could not be ready for coaching because they haven't had therapy yet because like maybe something you were trying to change in the future but something from your past is actually even holding you back to change it or would you say someone who hasn't had therapy but pro might have actually some trauma yeah. is able to have coaching yet how do you see that like is there a, a timeline that you should start with therapy and then go into coaching or can you just start coaching without actually looking at your past i would answer both questions with yes um in the sense of like you can start with therapy um but often it depends on which country you live for example in germany it's quite hard these days to find a therapist um so then you know people usually advise okay maybe you start with coaching and it's about how do you feel right now and how can we change that but for example when i work with clients i start also more let's say it's a completely new client i haven't really worked before i also go a little bit into the past so i ask them you know tell me a bit about your childhood about your family about your father how's the relationship with your mother do you have siblings it's good to understand what kind of beliefs this person is following and where they want to go so mm. i understand where i can kind of basically start in terms of coaching um that's one thing if you could do um both i would say it's quite exhausting also at a certain point because you kind of go back into the past so you kind of relive all your emotions traumatized again and you really go deep so yeah. you might cry you might feel not great on certain days um and on if you then also add coaching on top of it which is more about now and the future it can be quite overwhelming so it really depends what kind of person you are and what you like in terms of personal development and and, and um, um personal growth and how quickly you also want to go on a journey right like yeah. there are people they literally very individual absolutely yeah. so i think it's great to do both but in terms of your energy you really need to know yourself like can i really handle both at the same time because there's a lot of things that come up and that can kind of sometimes affect and stop the progress in coaching so yeah, yeah i think everyone needs to find their own a way to pursue this but um i mean either way if you start with coaching or therapy i think you're on a on the right track yeah better get started with one of the two um personally i I, I know exactly what you mean that sometimes both can be overwhelming. Um, I started therapy first and then added coaching to it. And there is times where both can be very overwhelming, especially if you had like a, a deeper therapy session about a specific topic. And like you said, there's a lot of emotions usually involved and you sometimes feel you, you need a break like to 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 um, progress. But then suddenly you have the next coaching session. It's like, okay, now what's the next step in, in life? And you're like, wow, I'm, I'm still pro processing. So yeah, I think I would probably say a good way for me was to start therapy to get to know myself better, my younger self, like my, my trauma. Yeah. And then once I got to a certain stage, I think it was the right thing to also now add coaching because I'm really like keen on getting to the next stage in my life. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think the conclusion of that question really is both is possible individually, 
But um, I think they can go very well hand in hand, especially I like the idea of looking at your past first and then moving forward. Yeah. I think that's a really nice sort of process. Um, and Max, one thing yeah. I wanted to add also um, to coaching is um, I think the reason that coaching is more powerful also than like hanging out with a friend, let's say, and share your problems, which we, you know, usually yeah, do with does. our best friends, relatives, family, whatever, is basically that the moment you share something with a coach, um, they really help you to kind of get more focused and precise in a session and kind of flows with you doing a session and make sure that you actually have an action point and something that you can take away with. Whereas when you, you know, sit with friends and even if you have like deep and meaningful conversations, um, you're often just discussing the topic, but you're not taking the next step on like, okay, actually, how do we do that? Like, how do we implement the change in our daily, daily life? And I think that's also quite a good example to understand what is the difference between, you know, actually working with a coach or just sharing problems with your friends, let's say, and discussing that. Which can be very thera therapeutic Absolutely, in a way, yeah. right? Like just when you had a bad day to talk to your best friend on the phone for an hour and share that, that's already a great way to get sort of rid of those negative thoughts or negative emotions. But then that's it, right? That's where it stops. Phone, You put the phone down, problem is discussed, but there's no action for how do you make the next step or how do you take the next step that this problem goes away or doesn't occur again yeah and i think and that's often, where it and often the focus yeah. is also missing right like with friends you just talk and talk for hours but there is less focus in in like where do you actually want to go plus there i guess there's a bias right Absolutely. like a family especially i guess discussing problems with family there's a lot of they have an intention idea what they think is right for you whereas a coach is probably puts less sort of meaning onto something or personal meanings onto things it's very objective yeah. and very sort of centered around what you want yeah and when you also coach um for me it's always about the other person it's not about me so you know i try to kind of put myself in the other shoes and be like okay try to understand this person more yeah. so whereas with friends it's often like oh yeah i see it like this and oh yeah i had this experience so it's it's more like you share things rather yeah. than really identifying the the cause or the, the 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 challenge yeah definitely definitely i agree on that um next question i had for you and it, it kind of goes still back to coaching and therapy and actually links very nicely what you said about for example germany it's very difficult to get therapy how do you reckon, and I think it is already happening at a very slow pace, but how can we take that stigma around coaching and therapy away? Because quite honestly, I like to talk about it and I've become very open about my, my story and my experience, but I still feel like very vulnerable and very sort of, what do people think of me if I tell them I'm, I have therapy or I have coaching? Because there is still a stigma around it that you think maybe they think something's wrong with me. I know there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just actually on a path of improving and growing. But there is still this stigma around therapy, coaching equals that guy's ill or that girl is ill. Yeah. 
is it just sharing stories, sharing experiences and realizing you're not alone? Is that like a step? I guess, yes. But what else is there that we could do? I think that's the first step, actually. I mean, that's why we're doing the podcast, right? Yeah. Like creating more awareness around that topic, sharing it with our inner circle, with people we work with, with, um, you know, clients. And like, I feel like this topic always comes up, but maybe that's also because I focus so much on it. Yeah, because um, we're in the space. Exactly. Um, I think for people who never really connected with it, first of all, I think it's great to ask for help always. doesn't matter what it is, right? And people often see that as a weakness. I think the, the perception of this completely changed. So actually now people see it more as a strength to actually, you know, ask for help, go to someone you want to talk to or you have the need maybe to talk to someone. And I would always ask myself, why would I not do it if there is the possibility? And if the society is already um, opening up towards this topic, why not using those resources? And I feel like often people judge like therapy or coaching. I don't understand what is this? How can I, you know, work with it? But if you have never tried it, how can you judge something, right? So I feel like there's also this... Um, this power of like trying something new, um, getting to know yourself better and asking yourself, okay, why not trying something? Because we all have traumatas stored within our body. And I mean, as you said, Max, you, you do therapy, right? And I'm sure there are like sometimes days where you don't feel great afterwards, but yeah. it's actually fascinating to think how much sadness sometimes is stored in our body. And if I, you know, I know you, like we spend so much time together, you're like the most happiest guy usually. But when we really go deep and try to identify our challenges and things that happened to us in the past, it's very interesting to see how much is, is in, in us. Um, and I think it would be, it would be a loss not to kind of, you know, identify what is actually within you and how you can basically serve yourself better and i think in order to to kind of make an overall um summary of that it's also important to to say that what would be the reason that you're not working on yourself because if you go to therapy or coaching you would actually make the world a better place and it, that sounds like a calendar quote but i mean it in the way of if you understand your own triggers um, when someone is, you know, telling you something, you um, rather than judging the other person, you're actually asking yourself, okay, what is this feeling actually telling me about this situation right now? Like, it's not about Max because he said ABC. It's actually about me. There's something within me I don't feel comfortable with and I, I haven't identified it yet. So why not taking this topic to a coaching session or to a therapy? And be like, listen, the other day I felt like this. I can't remember how it's connected to something in my past, but I want to identify it. So next time I meet Max, I don't feel that way again. And I don't put it on Max because it's not his responsibility to me to provide me a good feeling about myself. Right. It's it's on me to kind yeah, of. It's, it's always how you react to something. Yeah. Right. And you when you get to the point where you realize that it's always you that decides how you react to something and you are in charge of that reaction not what the other person did says well yeah it's it's always you can always decide what you're going to do with this 
Um, question, actually. Something like this, is, isn't that, is that therapy? Because that's something that sits deep inside you and you don't know why you're reacting in certain ways. Or is that something that you can also include into coaching? No, that's definitely something you can also include. Like it comes from the past, which is then related to therapy, but you can connect it to coaching in order to be like, okay, I always had a belief of I'm not good enough. So you kind of re in coaching, you can also learn with affirmations and other tools to kind of reframe mm -hmm. this belief and take it with you into the future because your past never equals your future, right? And that's the greatest thing about everything. Like right now in this moment, we can all choose who we want to be and how we want to feel and the same for our future. But we can obviously not change how we felt in our past. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's very cool. And what would you think would need to happen with coaching in the next five years for that's first of all that stigma to to go away, but also where would what would you like to see coaching in the next five years? Because I think this whole coaching therapy thing is becoming a little bit of a thing now. Yeah. But in which direction do we need to push this thing for it to to become what you want it to be? Yeah, I think there are different um, options how you can coach and where you see your audience, right? So I think generally what will always be there is like virtual coaching because it came through the pandemic. And, you know, I think it's a great way also to connect with other people in different countries and really leverage the benefit of technology. Um, Do you mean by that like things like, for example, there's a company called BetterHelp? Yeah, for example, I mean, there are more and more startups yeah. in this um, in this scene, right, that are coming up to provide um, virtual therapy, virtual coaching, different workshops you can attend. Um, but it's I think when it comes to virtual, it's always important to add like a, a live kind of option workshop or a session because coaching becomes more and more in different areas, a thing of, you know, another video course you can you can watch and buy. Um, but what I what I'm missing is more the live part of it, you know, like a live session with someone. Um, so you inter inter interact basically live um, online. Um, and this creates also more connection and makes it makes it more personal. Yeah, it's a bit like goes back to um, going back to the office, right? Um, zoom calls and all that stuff exactly. you you can get things done but the real action happens when you're sitting in a room with a real human being body language how you react um, i think there's a lot of things between humans that are happening that we don't even see um, just doesn't work on screen um, yeah but yeah i don't know how that will how will that develop with coaching in the next five years i think if anything i I don't know, maybe uh, virtual reality, that sort of stuff could bring it into a more real world. I think that could be quite cool. You know, if you if you could project yourself into a space with glasses where you actually see your therapist in real life or it, through cameras, but it feels like real life. Yeah, that could probably be quite cool. Um, but yeah, be interesting to see. I think there is a few good things coming. I just don't really know where it's going to go. Yeah. I mean, I think the, as I said, the virtual coaching, but the, the second point I wanted to add is more like the, the growing hum, human touch, I would call it in the sense of 
if you have two coaches, let's say you have coach A, who is more a, you know, a generalist, creates content and video content, um, but with very small live interactions and personal touch. And then you have coach B, for example, who is more, um, where the coaching program is more bespoke, it's more about you, it's depending on your needs. I think you would always go with coach B who is kind of creating something bespoke more for you, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, I think that's also a very important element to add the personal note on each coaching either program, workshop, however you, you know, you yeah, like can to Can I be honest? I coach. think that's the only way coach B, coach A who standardizes, I think that doesn't work. Like it's, I'm, I'm, my, my first thought was golf. If you look at YouTube and you have all these coaches uploading drills, including me on my Instagram, I upload videos of certain drills, but then someone else watches it and doesn't even know whether that's the right drill or the right sort of thing they need to, to improve. I guess it's the same with coaching. If you are watching a video, it doesn't necessarily apply to you for your problem or for your sort of path that you're on. Um, don't want to use the word problem because like I, I think it's not always problems. It's actually the opposite. Um, but your sort of outlook doesn't always work. So something like a coach, let's call him coach B, who looks at you and then comes up with a program for you, I think is also where it's going to hold you more accountable. And I think there's, there's so much stuff out there where people are consuming content but not taking actions because it is not tailored to you. And it gives you that short high of like, oh, this feels so great. I just watched this video about taking the next sort of career step. But then the video stops. What comes next? No one's going to hold you accountable and ask you in a week's time. Did you take that step? It's only yourself. And I think that's where a lot of people fall short. Yeah. And that leads me also to the experience itself, right? In order to kind of... Um, in order to kind of work with certain clients, you also need to have a proven um, track record on delivering certain results, right? So I think it will be also more and more uh, important to understand, okay, who did you help in the past? What is kind of your, what are your testimonials? And how can you place that with your new audience? So I think people more and more look really, um, or identify a good coach based on the results they have delivered in the past with someone else. And then usually it goes through referrals or people you know in your, you know, like in a circle. And then based on that, you recommend someone. But I think that's also something for the future, which will be more and more important. And that's something people look into when they choose to go for a coach. Yeah. Right. And I think one last thing I wanted to touch on is also that coaching will become less than a luxury that it was in the past. So more and more people are investing in coaching generally, rather than buying material things, they invest in themselves, which is a good thing. Um, so yeah, coaching generally gets more and more affordable. Um, whereas in the past, it was more of a like certain... certain it wasn't accessible to everyone, which is exactly. actually interesting because that was going to be my next question to you. Because um, it's something I actually really find is the most common answer when I ask people. It's because it's expensive, right? And um, what, how can how can coaching and therapy become more accessible to the masses? 
Yeah. I mean, uh, as you... I have one idea. Yeah, share your idea. um, Maybe you go first. Um... I mean, as you said, there are more and more startups coming up, right? Providing online or virtual coaching and therapy. But they're still not cheap. I mean, it depends. Sometimes, you know, if it's based on maybe a can't be subscription, cheap because, for yeah. example, um, or maybe it gets funded by the government, yeah. you know, like a certain, let's say, 70% will be funded by the government and 30% is paid by the client. It's also could- interesting to see with healthcare providers or healthcare insurances, because technically... By proactively supporting people to get coaching, um, to get uh, therapy, will create less illness with time, if you know what I mean. Like depression. If you work on a fulfilled life in your early stages of your life, you're less likely to be depressive and need to see someone about something serious then. So it's, it's maybe also those sort of things where... And I think certain actually uh, health insurances are already offering support on, yeah, on that. They do. Yeah. Um, but I think that needs to be a lot more aware. I had a conversation with someone who told me, oh, I didn't even know my healthcare actually provides, I can't remember how many sessions, but free counseling. Yeah. Just to see if you, if you feel like you need some support. Um, and I think it just needs to, I think it's creating awareness. I think that's the big thing. And the more people are aware, the more companies, the more sort of startups will come up that will help. And with everything, the more there is, the the better the price will be for for the consumer. Um, I also think like there is going to be some sort of responsibility more on on the employee. If you look at perks, for example, people want a gym in the in the office. Maybe there also needs to be a bit more about coaching and therapy within the workplace like i know many years ago the whole topic about daycare um canteens that you can get healthy good food in at work so you don't have to go and get your fish and chips around the corner every day um sorry for stereotyping here (laughs) (laughs) but um we are in the uk uh but yeah no it's daycare in, in in especially larger companies is something very normal nowadays so therapy and coaching could also become that yeah it's interesting that you say that because um my current job i have the opportunity to coach people internally now more related to personal growth and that's exactly what they are getting into kind of providing like an hour i don't know a week or a month for employees to invest in their well-being to book a session to think about something completely different than only the stress you have at work um, especially in the environment where I work, which is quite dynamic and fast paced. It's great to offer this um, towards employees to, you know, take a break and um, actually define goals for themselves doing the time they're actually working in the company, which, you know, can be at least a first step to kind of experience coaching. And then if they want to take it further, they can, you know, explore it on a personal level or they don't, depending on what they're looking for. Yeah, I've also, I think I mentioned to this uh, this to you briefly, I came across someone on uh, LinkedIn who has a startup, um, which is basically outsourcing coaching and monitoring mental health in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would really love to have a conversation with him about this on here um, in, the, in the near future, because I think that's a huge topic. Yeah, of, absolutely. Um, creating have- awareness and most importantly, accessibility. Yeah. Alrighty. 
All right. Shall we move on? Yes. I wanted to maybe dive a little bit deeper into not just the topic of coaching and therapy, but actually into Nina. Who is Nina? Um, and uh, yeah, one of the things is, what's what's the number one thing that you thought? Sorry, I should reframe this. Actually, what's what's the one, what's your biggest fear that we talked about, and how do you think? you becoming a life coach has helped you to deal with that? That's a really good question. I mean, I remember I, I said, or actually my biggest fear is to not live the life to my full potential and not experiencing what is out there. Um, so I think that's my, that's my, my biggest fear. And in terms of coaching, how it helped me or it helped me in so many you know different ways and that's also why i believe and experience myself um that coaching has a you know big or had a big impact on my on my life but also on the people around me in terms of how i changed and you know they obviously changed so in in a good way so i think it helps you to kind of you know see the world from a different perspective, your current state from a different perspective, and then you take it from there, go into different steps, you know, your personal life, your professional life. And, um, and you yeah, you see like how your life is step by step changing. Uh, in the way how you approach it every day like you start you know with a morning routine like I never thought that the morning routine has such a big impact on your life you know five years ago I was just waking up eight o'clock no actually six o'clock I was always an early bird I went to a gym class wet hair jumped into the tube straight to work was hustling for 12 hours in the sales job was an environment that was very demanding so there was not sometimes not even time to put like makeup into your uh, on your face so you, i actually had to do that at at like in the bathroom at the workplace and i did that for several weeks plus like traveling every week for 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 the job so it kind of created long term a really unhealthy feeling within myself and then once I, once I kind of pursued the whole coaching journey, I completely changed my morning routine in the sense of I wake up with so much more peace. I work out, I meditate, I journal. And then I, you know, start with a more relaxing feeling getting into work rather than being stressed on my sales numbers or things I have to do. And... Um, that's only one example how coaching changed my life so much because I really made, I recreated a new routine for my life that helped me now to also live a more healthier life long term. Do you use your phone in the morning? Mm, I do, I do, but um, it's on flight mode and I only use a meditation app when I when I wake up. Yeah. I do first a meditation and then... Which app do you use? Um, so I use... Um, Calm. Yeah, and I use actually, that too. I, I have the Peloton. We're not sponsored app. by Calm. <laughs> <laughs> I have the Peloton app, and they have amazing. Not sponsored either. <laughs> Yet. They have amazing um, meditations. Oh so really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah. 
So I do that in the morning before I kind of start my day. Because yeah. I find like on days where I really try not to use my phone in the morning. So I have, first of all, I have all my notifications turned off in general. And um, if someone really needs to get hold of me, call me. Counts for work as much as it counts for private life now, um, which has made a huge change. But also the fact if I don't look at my phone before I actually even sometimes get to work, I am so calm. Yeah. When I wake up and I start scrolling through Instagram, I I am I can feel that there is stress and my brain starts working and processing things immediately as soon as the eyes are open and it's it's so bad. So I think morning routine is a huge thing to to stick to and to have one. I think a lot of people don't have one. Uh, I I'm definitely not someone who has a good one. I really want to work on that. Uh, because like I said, I know on the days that I actually stick to it, I have a better day. I can teach you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's something we can also discuss on here as, let's not call it a challenge, but like an advice to people, like how to build a morning routine. Yeah, I mean, definitely consistency and persistency are two key points to kind of pursue it, I would and say. And don't make it too complicated, right? Not too much at once. No, absolutely. Like, I think it's if you can just spare one hour before you actually go to work for yourself that makes a huge difference but that's a lot for a lot of people to start with i think like make it small start with 10 minutes start with five minutes if you can start with that it, it's i think it's easier to get to one hour than to try and start with one hour yeah. what do you think i i i agree with there's you. like a really interesting podcast i listened to with um rangan chatterjee um He was, he was talking about the fact that he had a client who was close to diabetes, overweight. And when he said, like, look, you need to start working out and eating healthy, his client was like, I have no idea. I can't get myself to the gym. I don't have it in me. So cut a long story short, he said, okay, how about in the morning when you wake up and make your coffee, do five minutes of exercise while your coffee is brewing. And that was something he could do in the living room, push-ups, crunches, whatever it is quick five minutes and the next thing he knew he was doing it for 10 minutes the next thing he knew he was going to the gym suddenly because he actually enjoyed it and i think that's like how to build a morning routine you know maybe start with no phone then add workout you know step by step i yeah. think that's a really cool way to build a morning routine yeah or or you just get yourself a buddy a best friend whatever who lives with yeah. you or you can you know meet in the morning and you actually make each other accountable and you create that um with your partner or within the group. But that's how I did it. As I said, I did a group coaching every morning, 6 a.m. Everyone was live on camera. We worked out, we meditated together. And we did that for three weeks every single day. Yeah. And after those three weeks, even though I was not joining the calls anymore, it was just my morning routine. It became and I a never, habit. Exactly. Yeah. It became a habit. And so if you can't, you know, if you don't necessarily want to do it yourself, You know, just ask your partner, your friend, your flatmate. Yeah, do to it join with someone you. together. Exactly. I think that's huge. It goes back to coach B, you know, accountability. Exactly. Um, yeah. and, and make it work for you, not for the masses. Um, cool. I wanted to touch on something else, actually, you just said, which gave me a thought. Uh, you said one of your fears was not reaching your full potential or not living a life to, to the fullest. What's your, what do you think is the number one thing that is holding people back from living a life? Or living a full potential, living to their full potential. Sorry. Mm. Number one thing you said, right? Yeah. What do you reckon? I mean, 
maybe there isn't a one thing maybe it's more especially if we're just talking about the fact that not everyone's the same but yeah i think there is probably an overarching topic that is probably why people are not living a life to their full potential or reaching their full potential yeah i, I would say what intuitively comes to my mind is uncertainty um so there are six human needs needs that are established also by tony robbins and i think one one out of those six needs is um certainty versus uncertainty and do you want to just elaborate maybe quickly on all six what they are yeah so first um i think that'd be quite interesting because i don't know them and actually quite curious and i'm sure our listeners would love to know what yeah, they so are the first need is obviously significance right it's um like we all have human needs and we kind of based on those needs we make decisions so the first one is significance yeah um so when you do something you can identify also do i do it because i really need to feel the need of you know being significant to someone or for myself have the significance feeling the second one is certainty versus uncertainty so yeah how certain do you need to be in your job for example to earn a certain amount of money to you know kind of build a life you have We're kind of creatures of habit oh, uh, we, we like to be in comfortable situations we don't like to be in uh, challenged or outside of our comfort zone yeah right i guess yeah. that that falls into that like if we know we have to go to work for the rest of our life mondays to fridays from five to nine that feels a lot more comfortable knowing than not knowing what you're going to do wednesday and it's sunday today that's yeah. uncertainty i guess yeah then we have no it is then we have a uh, variety so every human being of us graves for variety even though we love routines we also need this kind of you know adventure feeling like we need to do something new we want to experience something new yeah. so some people are very high on variety in their life they need this kind of state but other people don't need it for them it's fine like i i love my routine i you know love my li life how it is and that's also okay so that's the third need then we have love and connection, which most of the people really high on, right? They grave for connection, they grave for love. Um, and then we have um, growth. So mm -hmm. how important is it for you to grow in your life and really pursue this kind of growing side, self-improvement? And uh, the sixth one is contribution, which comes also a little bit into like spirituality, but like how important is it for you to contribute to the society or to someone else's life in order to feel connection and love again? So those six human needs are more related to, we all live all of them, but we do certain things because we are higher on significance or higher on love and connection for certain situations, which is very interesting. Um, but why I said that basically was related to your question, Max is I think we all grave for certainty because our brain is more than 200 years old. We always need like certainty in our life, right? And if we don't feel certainty, we feel very lost and like it's a, it's a scary feeling. So I think often when you are in your comfort zone, mm, it's quite hard to get out of this. So that's why I would say people fear sometimes to live life to a certain extent because i give you an example i mean if i would you know 
let's say I have a family and if I would leave my job, like who is going to pay the bills and stuff? And that's one part of it to see it, right? But then also like, what if you do it and your life can be so much better? Because it doesn't necessarily always need to end in failure, right? It can be also amazing. Our brain works that way sometimes, exactly, though, doesn't it? Because we need certainty. Certainty, yeah. yeah. It reminds me a little bit also about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. You know, it's that's quite uh, related to the it's Tony Robbins. Similar, exactly. It's probably yeah. very similar. Yeah. Um, that was what I thought about. But yeah, it's true. It's like the uncertainty, and and in a weird way, uncertainty. Our brain always looks at it in a negative way. It's very difficult to frame it in a positive way. Uncertainty. Yeah. Because it can be something very positive. Of course. And also it kind of creates excitement in your life, yeah. right? To be like, okay, I have no clue where I'm going, but I'm just starting and I'm just I'm going. to embrace it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You embrace it. And yeah. Just let life lead the way, as I like to call it. No, super interesting. I think that is. Yeah. Um, so we're going to help people find their full potential then, are we? We will. <laughs> what's the um, what's the best piece of advice you you've ever received? Wanting people to like you is the most selfish thing you can ever do. Yeah. In the way of when you want people to like you, it's all about you, but it's not about what you are passionate about or what you can create um, and the difference you can make in the world. Because your, foc your focus goes towards who likes me or who doesn't like me rather than what is my passion, what do I want to create in my life and where do I want to go. Yeah. And that will attract the people that, that will like you for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because you focus on yourself and your own shortcomings and people who like you will follow you naturally. Yeah. You don't even need to do anything for it. And people who don't like you will never like you in the first place. So it's it's basically a win-win situation for yourself because you live your passion plus people who like you follow you naturally. Yeah, you inspire them. Exactly. By just being you. That's a good advice. I think we all sometimes fall into the trap of not doing that. We, we become people pleasers and then we're not true to ourselves. Yeah. And then what kind of advice would you give to someone who is looking for support, help? And I mean help not in the way of they have an issue, but like to get started with coaching. So even if someone out there is listening and says, I have these great ideas, I have these great things I want to achieve in my life, I just don't know how. What advice would you give these people? I and mean, where could they find help? Sorry. Yeah. I, first of all, I would obviously say that if you have an idea, you know, you need to, you need to go for it. That's the first thing for yourself. Like you need to ideally stand up for yourself and be confident about this is what I want to do. Doesn't matter who someone else thinks about it. And then based on that, try to kind of create your surroundings and connect with the people who embrace you, who give you confidence, who motivate you, who also share enthusiasm with you every day based on your ideas. And, you know, people who are happy for you that you that they can finally see the spark in your eyes when you do something that you're passionate about. And I would say the first step is, you know, reaching out to your network to 
ask if they know someone, if they can refer, if they can refer you to someone that they know who could help you with, I don't know, building your business, pursuing your passion, whatever it is. I think that will be the first step. Um, going through your network. Um, yeah, and not being afraid to ask people you know. Exactly. Or yeah, I mean, even send Max and myself uh, a message on Instagram, and you know, we're always happy to help. So. Try to think a little bit outside the box and connect with people in a different way. And yeah, as you said, Max, ask for help, you know, yeah. can be on any channel with anyone like you kind of trust. And um, I'm always surprised. Actually, I'm not that surprised anymore, <laughs> but I, I used to be always very surprised. And it is fascinating. At the end of the day, people like to help people. Yeah, they all I mean, love. Yeah, we all help. love it it's it's i think it's everyone gets a sense of purpose from that so yeah you're right it's it's reaching out to people and maybe reach out to people that you would have never thought you should or could reach out i think you have a lovely story to share about that too um when it comes to to reaching out to people that we think are not within our circle of uh i was thinking about that yeah, yeah like our well, not circle but like reaching out to people that seems so far away, but they're not. They're there. They're there. And if you have a good story to tell or a good idea, they're probably going to help you. And even if it's just a little kick in in a new direction, I think that's always fascinating. Yeah. And sometimes you do while you're doing those things, you laugh about yourself because you're like, "Did I really do this?" But then, even if you're not the best prepared person in the world. At least you reached out, you tried, you know, and you asked for help and whatever should come to you will come to you. So, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's a really good point, Max. I'm thinking outside the box and also connect with people you would might not think that I would ever connect with you. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And I love your story. I don't know if you want to share it on here, um, maybe just very brief, but I think it could be something that inspires people to to reach out. Nina had a was part of a, a talk um, or a, yeah, you could call it a talk. And uh, there was a very inspiring speaker that uh, she felt she had to meet or have at least a conversation with. And um, yeah, do you want to continue? Yeah. Um, so after the panel that was in Barcelona, I reached out to this person and um, to this lovely man, let's call him like this. And um I reached out and uh, after the event and I said, listen, I was so amazed by your presentation, the way you presented. The message was so clear, was very inspiring, very different. And um, yeah, we kind of stayed connected over LinkedIn and Instagram. And I reached out a few times to him and then we didn't really connect during the last six months, I would say. Yeah. So I tried another time doing LinkedIn because, you know, I'm very excited about the coaching business and um, I wanted to, you know, have some advice and ideas that you might can share with me. And yeah, uh, two weeks ago, Max, I think we were yeah. at Soul House and I, I was like so excited sharing it with Max. Like, oh, yes, I have the opportunity to speak to him for like 45 minutes next Thursday. And we did. And um, I was not well prepared in every single detail he asked me, but um, that was not necessarily the 
the, the focus for the call. It was more about bouncing back ideas and understand how we can work together in the future and how I can also help him maybe in the future. And I think that also comes a little bit back to the advice that you asked, Mark. When I reach out to people, I always try to think also of how can I serve them? Like, how can I help them um, rather than making it, it about me? Um, that there was just a quick note on that. But yeah, so basically he took time for me. We chatted for 45 minutes and, and now we keep in contact and who knows where it's going to lead me. But um, it's just a great way to inspire you, maybe, whoever you want to reach out to, to really go for it. And even if you get rejected 10 times and you send uh, email number 145, you know, just keep the consistency and, and persistency um, to, uh, to, to reach out to, the, to that person. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that so much. I think it's great. And I, I love your story. I think it's so inspiring. And it's, uh, it's definitely something that inspired me to to sometimes maybe think outside the box and don't don't worry about who you're reaching out to and maybe that's something we can also as a challenge today for our our listeners but also for ourselves maybe think about someone you've you've been wanting to reach out for advice and um yeah just give it a go and if you have some feedback about that send us a message we're happy to share it with our listeners in the next podcast um let's create this sort of community of helping each other also and uh, yeah i think nina you just wanted to add something i can see it on your face <laughs> <laughs> no i i just wanted to say thank you max for being you and um for this wonderful conversation with you i really enjoyed that and um yeah, as you said, it would be great to, to see some action here as well. Um, so I'm very excited to hear your story in the next episode about who you reached out to that is out of your league, <laughs> kind of. Um, so yeah, thank and you. Do you know what? I have someone in mind. But um, yeah, thank you very much for, for your kind words. I, I always really enjoy doing these podcast sessions with you. Um, even though we spend a lot of time together and we talk a lot, it is... <laughs> I mean that in the most positive way. I really think these conversations are somehow different in the most positive way. It's like very interesting, in-depth conversations. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to more of these. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed it out there, uh, wherever you are, wherever you're traveling to, um, whatever you are thinking of. We hope we could inspire you a little bit today. And um, let us be part of your journey. Share your Share your experiences with us. Um, we would love to hear more yes. about what you guys out there are up to and um, even share your challenges. Maybe maybe we can inspire each other a bit more. So, yeah, everyone have a, have a great day wherever you are and um, hear you very soon. Bye. Bye, guys. Mm -hmm.